Forget about all your heart's desires. I'll give you your heart's desires. All you have to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is the key right here. I need to take my life and my calling and plug it in to what God is doing in the earth. And if I can come hand in hand with God and I can tie what my gifts are with what God has for me, then I'm putting people first. And if I put people first, God puts me first. He's in, uh, him and Pastor Misty are in Claremont, Florida, and they're bringing the fire of God over there to Claremont Church, so it's going to be awesome, and it's an honor to be able to preach up here today. I love Pastor Nick. I love Pastor Misty, and just the voice that they are to my life is amazing, and the people of this church, and so big shoes to fill, but God's going to do it for me, amen? (laughs) Amen. Close your eyes. Father, I thank you for everybody here today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word's powerful, it's alive, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Father, it cuts between soul and spirit. It judges the innermost thoughts and intents of our heart. I thank you, God, that it even divides between the bone and the marrow. It brings healing. It brings healing to hearts, it brings healing to bodies. And I thank you, Father, that this morning you would open up our eyes to see, open up our ears to hear, open up our hearts to receive. I thank you, God, that you will shake everything that can be shaken in this place this morning. Teach us, God, how to not just sit and be stagnant water. Teach us how to be a flowing river for our generation. Teach us how to go out into the world and bring the power of God. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said? Amen. Amen and amen. Quick testimony. There's somebody that's really close to me in my family, and they received a report from the doctor that they had prostate cancer, and... The way that they measure that is by percentage. So not for anybody in this church or anybody in my family, but there's people that are born with this in their system. Say, not me. me. So when when you have prostate cancer in your system, it's like it goes by levels, it goes by percentage. And as you get older, as your immune system deteriorates, this is why it doesn't apply to children of God because... Children of God, we don't deteriorate. We get stronger and stronger and more vital and more vital in Jesus' name. If you stand on that in faith. And so this, this just continues to grow. It doesn't go down. The percentage doesn't decrease. It just increases as you get older. And once it passes 4%, it becomes a problem. Then they start doing extensive testing. Then you have to get things removed. You have to get surgery and all this stuff. And this person that I know that's close to me, when they found out that it was above 4%, they started to get worried. They reached out to us for prayer, and me and Pastor Nick came together, and we, we did what the Bible tells us to do. Call for the elders of the church to pray, and pray a prayer of faith, and you'll be healed. We, we anointed him with oil. We prayed for him. He felt healing come into his body, felt the sickness leave. Up until the next time he had to get testing, all he could do is talk about how, how good he felt. Well, he goes and he gets tested, and he calls me. And how many know when Jesus does something in your life, you can't hold it in? Yeah. You have to let it out. Yeah. I don't know. If, if you're not talking, then, then maybe you need to press in a little bit this morning because God wants to do something that's so powerful in your life that you can't hold it in. Yes. Yes. Jesus. People wonder why I scream when I preach. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> 
It's really like fire. Shut up in my bone. So it's so weird. I have to stay in this space. I'm being confined right now. I can move, but no, I don't want you to have to like. All right. I'll try. I'll try, but for the most part. So anyway, they, this person called me. They're like, you'll never believe what happened. I'm like, I know what happened. I knew it happened when we prayed. Tell me what happened. So they go back to the doctor, and the results of the scan is that the percentage dropped an entire percent. Come on, somebody. Remember, I told you that thing doesn't drop. It doesn't, especially in a month's time. That thing doesn't drop. It just goes up and it goes up and it goes up. Now, here's the thing. If he would have got tested with 1% lower, there would have been no issues whatsoever. They wouldn't have even been alarmed. There would have been no, there was a surgery scheduled and everything. There would have been no alarming whatsoever. For this thing and so God totally healed him he and then I'm, we're celebrating because God healed him of prostate cancer and then he says to me you'll never believe this now this person has struggled with cholesterol problems struggled with blood pressure everything that you could think of is an issue in the blood you know what I'm saying it's just like one of those things so I got good news for you today if you need a whole overhaul God's gonna do it this morning so 15 tests I only have 10 fingers 15 tests of the blood and all this stuff, and every single level in his body is totally normal, like a fully healthy young man. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah! That's the God I serve. What if that was your family member? Come on, give him a better hand. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. He moves. He's real. Amen. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you he doesn't move today. Amen. He moves today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew in your Bible. Or uh, press with me in your phone. <laughs> to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Today, we're going we're gonna to enter kids' church a second. We're going to talk about going fishing. Say going fishing. Hallelujah. This is so powerful. And what's really cool is this goes right in line with what's coming up this week. And so I believe by the end of today, you're going to be so on fire for what's happening next weekend that you're going to begin to see miracles break out, not through someone else. You're not going to hear testimonies of what happened from somebody else. You're going to be telling them. What happened through you, through your mouth, through your hands? Amen? Amen. You're going to look down at your feet after today and be like, wow, I have beautiful feet. And, th and then you're going to remember the scripture that says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Yes. Bunions are going somewhere else this week. Oh, Jesus. Too far. All right. Matthew chapter 4, verse Dang, I forgot what verse. Verse 18, Matthew 4, 18. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Say fished for a living. Fished for a 
Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Imagine that. This guy comes up. You're fishing. That's your job. Nemo, you're doing construction on some house. Actually, you're not doing the construction. You're telling some guys how to do it because you're the big man on campus. And all of a sudden, this carpenter Jesus, this actually works out because he is a carpenter. This carpenter Jesus walks up to you and he's like, yo, Nemo, hey, ditch these guys, forget this house, come follow me. And you're like, I'm going. (laughs) That's what happened to these guys. They're fishing. They're fishermen. They're out there doing what they do. And there's something about this man that walks up to them that's so compelling to them that they begin to follow. They leave their fishing nets there and they begin to follow him. That's powerful, amen? Amen. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. And so... Back to verse 19, it says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. God wants to take what you do every single day of your life that you make a living for and he wants you to begin to use that sphere of influence, that area where you have people around you every day and he wants to give you creative ways to make bait, say bait, to begin to bring people into the kingdom of God Just as you would normally go about your work day, now you creatively win the lost at any cost in Jesus' mighty name. And what you do then is you tie what you're doing in the natural with what God's doing in the spirit. And anytime you tie yourself to God, you can't fail. Amen. 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 People will be like, why are you getting promoted so fast? Just be like, fishing, bro. (laughs) I could teach you how to fish if you want. And so Jesus began to teach them how to fish. And while I was looking at this and studying it, I was reading that scripture and God spoke to me and he showed me that fishing for fish and fishing for people are the exact opposite. And I'll prove it to you. When you fish for fish, you're taking these poor fish. (laughs) I'm not like some kind of ego guy. Look, let's eat. But you're taking these fish that are free. They have freedom in the ocean. You know what I'm saying? They ain't following everybody's guidelines. Well, maybe there is like a secret society of government under the sea. Who knows? But for the most part, these fish are free. And they don't have to follow CDC or none of that. They're living under the water. (laughs) Think about it. And all of a sudden, here we come with our bait and our fish. We catch fish. And we, captiv- we, ca- we put them into captivity, yeah. right? We take them from freedom and we put them into a cooler. We put them into a fish tank. We put them in areas where they can't even breathe or function. We bring them into death, right? We put them in our belly. And so the, it's the opposite with the kingdom of heaven. When you go fishing for people, Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And the reason why he had to teach them to become fishers of men is because it wasn't the same as fishing for fish. They knew that. They were pros in that area. But when you go fishing for people, you take people from captivity, and you bring them into freedom. Can you say amen? And so the very thing that had them bound that they didn't know had them bound You begin to take them and you free them by the power of God. And so people are in drug addiction. 
People are in all kinds of addictions, right? People are depressed. People have anxiety. People are, have spirits of suicide upon them. People are in fear, doubt, unbelief, poverty. All these things have people bound. And so Jesus said, come follow me because all of these things that you're trying to take and bring into captivity, I'm going to use you to take people that are in captivity and release them into freedom. And it's going to be powerful. And then after he said that, in verse 23, he shows them. He's like, come, I'll show you. And then he goes and shows them. I, I never actually, like I've read the book of Matthew just through, but you usually stop at that verse where it's like, I'll show you how to fish for people. And you're like, yeah, let me teach that point. That's good. And then I went reading. I was like, oh, he showed them like right away. So look at this, verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing, say announcing, announcing. the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began to bring to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. And so here Jesus goes. And what does he do? He announces to people the good news about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. How do you fish for people? You announce to people the good news about the kingdom of God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And so God wants to take us and he wants to make us into fishers of men. He doesn't want us to just go to our job every day, go do, be about our business and never think about anybody else going beside us. You know, as people without the Holy Spirit, we're selfish people. Yeah. People care about themselves. They care about what they're doing, where they're going, how much they have. Can they eat? Are they good? And God turns that whole thing upside down. And he says, if you will begin to care about my people, I'll take care of you. If you'll go out, if you'll actually forget everything that you want, forget about all your heart's desires, I'll give you your heart's desires. All you have to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is the key right here. I need to take my life and my calling and plug it in to what God is doing in the earth. And if I can come hand in hand with God and I can tie what my gifts are with what God has for me, then I'm putting people first. And if I put people first, God puts me first. Yes. That's so good. Yes. If I will just care about my brothers and my sisters, you know people are going to hell, right? If it wasn't for somebody coming... And announcing the good news to you, if it wasn't for someone throwing the net in the water towards you and catching a hold of you for God, what, where would you be? You'd be? Think about it. Where were you years ago? I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I met my wife when I met her, that God set that whole thing up. God took took whatever we were doing, and he used it for good. I'm so thankful that she brought me to a place that's spirit-filled. I'm so thankful that she didn't bring me to some religious dead church that isn't going to give me life. But she took me here to the house of God where people believe. And they don't just believe. Because they truly believe, there's power to back up every single thing that they say. Amen. At 19 years old, I came to Jesus Christ. 19. Before that, I was lost. 
I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I was going to be a police officer because my brother was a good one. That's, that's what I was doing. I compared my whole life to him. And when I came to Jesus Christ at 19 and I found this place, I'm thankful that they told me the good news. I'm thankful they didn't just teach sermons about how to manage my time. Think about it. People have to hear that Jesus Christ came and gave up his life so that you could be free from whatever's holding you captive. That's what I needed to hear. I didn't need to hear anything else. When I got saved and I gave my heart to Jesus, I had a radical conversion that changed my life forever. I needed a powerful God. I didn't need some weak message. I needed to know that there was power behind this thing because I grew up in fake. And I have news for you. In fishing, fish will bite fake stuff. They bite it, man. They go after lures. They go after you, fake worms. All you got to do is throw a little smell on there. But you know what? The thing about people is people smell fake. People know fake. And if, you're gonna, if you think religion is going to win people to the Lord, it's not. That's like, that's like fishing for people with a lure. They don't bite that stuff. They bite real bait. Can you say amen? amen. So let me give you an example of what bait would be in, in terms of fishing. Now, Pastor Nick and Pastor Misty have a gigantic vision with Club Pure, summer camps, the school, every single thing that they do. Every single thing they do is with purpose. It has, there's a vision in mind that we are going to creatively create bait and we're going to catch fish for the kingdom of God. Now, what sets it apart is that we don't use fake bait. The people that are a part of the vision love Jesus, love people, and we want to see people come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the difference. It's real. Can you say Amen. And people smell phony. Yeah. We have a program called Project Rock. I've worked in Project Rock for years. The kids that come to Project Rock are suspended from school. They're involved in gangs. They don't, they don't like people that they come into contact with that are in authority because most of the people that they've dealt with in authority have looked down on them because they had to gain something from them. And as long as they got their number, that they attended their program, then they would get their grant funding and everything would be fine. But that wasn't the case here. We have the program because that's good bait. We have the funding because that's great bait. We have everything that the people have, but the people that are inside of the program have to be real. And I would look at these kids that don't have love outside of this room that I'm in with them. We care about them. We love them before they walk in the door. Do you know I don't even read the referral most of the time? Because teachers are angry sometimes. You, I mean, we, we're counselors. We understand how that goes. You can get frustrated because you, you care about kids more than they care about themselves. And if you don't have the Lord, you're going to give up. You're not, it does, you can't remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing if there's no purpose to begin with. So there's a lot of teachers in the school system that start with really good hearts, but they need the Lord. They need, they need to know the kingdom because what happens is when you feel like you're getting burnt out, you turn to the one that called you in the first place and he reminds you why you're doing what you're doing and there's real bait and power in that place. And so these, these kids, they're, they're given up on, they're written off. And all it takes, I'm telling you, 30 seconds, kids smell you. 
They smell if you're real or if you're fake in 30 seconds. They know if you care about them before you even speak. I'm t I promise you. There's kids that come to Project Rock, and I told you I don't read the referral because teachers, they write whatever they want. I ask them what happened. And they can tell in my what happened that I care what happened. Can you say amen? If, I, if, if somebody comes up to you and greets you, they know if you really greeted them or if you just like said it because you were in a rush. And sometimes, like that's cool. Sometimes you're in a rush. But I'm saying people can tell when there's a real acknowledgement of them. Amen? Bait is, bait is powerful. You can't have fake bait. And what we're dealing with here in this church, thank God, is not religion. It's relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's what changes the game. And so God wants all of us to get to the place where we're bait, but we need to go out and get in the water. Can you say amen? And so God wants to set people free. People are bound up. How does he set them free? Well, let's look at Romans 1.16. 1.16. To brag of my king. See, I know rap. I'm like the lame one in my group. That's my friends. I'm the white boy. But it's okay. I'll text Anthony. I'll be like, bro, this song was so cool. Don't you think it was awesome? Brand new album. He's like, no, it's whack. I'm like, dude, what you mean? I'm vibing. Coach, do I play some cool music? That's right, see? Better recognize. What's funny is I don't listen to that music on my own at all. It's just bait. But it's real bait because I know that if they listen to music, like literally this music that Christians are making now, it's not like, guys, it's not like when you used to listen to Christian rap. When I first got saved, the music that would play in my mother-in-law's car. I wanted to get out. It was like, you can't be playing Christian radio right now. You have to specifically search for songs because some of that stuff is cheesy. But these Christian rap songs now, man, they're get, these people are getting good. You know, the devil lost. I'm telling you, the best people in every genre are coming over to the kingdom of God. And the reason why it's happening is because people are fishing. You may not see it in your own area, but that's why we're doing this, because you're about to see it in our area, amen? We're about to go fishing, guys. I'm telling you. But we ain't fishing for fish. We're fishing for people. Romans 1.16, you thought I forgot. It says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Say, I ain't ashamed. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So what's the problem in the world? People don't even know that if they just believe that Jesus Christ did what he did, that's all this thing takes. You believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, and that he was raised to new life. And guess what? You are saved. Amen. Well, you say, I can't, you can't know that you're saved, brother. Yeah, you can. 
Jesus said, I've written these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. Ha, I know. I know, baby. I ain't going to hell. Say that. I ain't going to hell, devil. So Romans 1.16 tells us that the gospel is the power of God. So if you don't go tell people the gospel, there's no power to convert them. Oh, I'm just going to love them. You can love them all day. But there has to come a point where you set the hook. Anybody ever been fishing? What happens when you just leave the hook? They take the bait and run. They'll come, they'll eat your donuts, they'll drink your coffee, they'll have the wings. We we figured that out because we used to do youth nights and we would have all this fun stuff, but then we were like, man, we really need to like tell them about Jesus. That'd probably be good. And then we started and people began to get saved. People began to have miracles. Things begin to move. Amen. That's what's happened. If I have a teen camp, we did camp for years. Years and years and years and didn't win the kids to the Lord. And there came a day, it actually happened after, I mean, this has always been on our heart. It's been the mission. This was the plan from the beginning. But there's steps, right? You grow into things. And, and so we would love people. We would tell people about Jesus and everything. But there wasn't a focus. Like this summer has been crazy. Yeah. We've been focused on preaching the gospel and discipling kids. You don't just tell them about Jesus and then leave them. You know what I'm saying? Although, now, some people will say, oh, well, you can't, just, you can't just tell them about Jesus and leave. So, no, well, then they'll use that as an excuse to never tell people about Jesus. But think about it. If somebody's walking by you, they're, they're destined to go to hell. They don't know Jesus. You know him. You have the solution for their problems in their life. And because you're not thinking about them, because either you're not thinking about them or you're afraid, you allow them to just go by and you feel an unction on the inside of you to say something, but you're timid. And they, you don't say anything. Well, that person can get hit by a car in three seconds. You have no idea when you're going to die. Is this true? You don't know if you're going to make it till tomorrow. That's why there's so much power in this. I remember one time there was a tragedy at Club Pure with a little girl, and it was so devastating that I went back to all the pictures of the altar calls, and I'm like, was she in them? Was she in them? Was she in any of them? And we began to search and search and search, and I found one that she was in. And I know that girl's in heaven right now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so we have to go. Say, I have to go. Now, why why do people have to hear what Jesus did, because if not, the power of God, it comes through the good news. It comes through the gospel. So you say, well, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. You just don't know it yet. You don't have to be a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, an apostle, or a, what I miss, a prophet. You don't have to be one of the fivefold ministers to preach. Every believer is called to preach. Every single one of you. But I'm an introvert. No, you're not. That's one of those Binding things that we have to break off you. Maybe, maybe you like time to yourself. That's fine. But don't go claiming things. Like, what? So then I, if people say I'm an extrovert, then I can never be quiet or there's something wrong. Like, no, I just want to be quiet right now. Please don't put me in a fishbowl. Amen? Yeah. And so that lie has to be broken off because if the devil tells you your whole life you're an introvert, you'll never win fish. 
You'll never win souls to God. And that's where the power of God is. You want to see God flow through you? It comes through you preaching the gospel to people. That's where it happens. Amen? So let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23 real quick. Romans 3, 23. It says, For everyone has sinned. Everyone. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Hallelujah. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in his present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus Christ. That's so good. God, I thank you that I'm right with you. I thank you that you're not holding my sins against me. Hallelujah. Do you know if you got saved, you gave your heart to Jesus, you asked him to forgive you of your sins, you may still, like if you feel guilty a week from now and you come to God and you try to talk about him, he's like, what are you talking about? He doesn't even know. The Bible says when, when you're forgiven, God remembers your sin no more. You literally have become a new person. Amen? And there's people that need this. You may need this this morning. You may need to be set free. Some of you may feel like yeah, you were talking about bondage. I feel like I'm in bondage. You might be afraid. You might be bound up by secret sins, addictions, and things that nobody knows about. But God wants to set you free this morning, and then he wants to take you, and he wants to use you to set other people free. Every mouth today is going to be open for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. The devil's not going to keep your mouth closed anymore. You're not going to be afraid. You're not going to be ashamed. Think about that verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power. That means I don't care who's going to judge me. You, you could come up to me and say whatever you want to say. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. If you want to curse me out, you're not rejecting me anyway. You're just rejecting Jesus. So it's all good. I'm going to love you. I'm going to try and tell you again in like a week or so. But you know that normally doesn't happen, though. I find whenever we've gone out soul winning to reach the lost, we, sometimes we go out with people. We go out with the youth or we'll go out with other people that are hungry. And when we go out, the people are so open. People are ready to receive. Their hearts are already crying out for God, and they don't even realize. You know, most people that are addicted to drugs don't want to be. They want help. They want to be freed. Fish that are captive know they're captive in a, in a fish bowl, and they don't want to be in there. You ever watch Finding Nemo? They know. And everyone knows that's 100% accurate. <laughs> so people know when they're bound. Like, even people that have like a perverse spirit on them and they have perversion, they don't actually want that. They, you know like deep down that they feel gross. They want to be free. But the problem with, this is the problem. You're under a curse. 
So when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin fell on man. We, we were put under a curse. It wasn't always like that. Adam and Eve got to choose, right? Before they ate of the tree that God told them not to eat, all they knew was life. They didn't even know good and evil. They didn't know how to sin. They didn't even know they were naked. What's naked? They didn't know good and evil. But what happened when they disobeyed God is they, they actually began to understand good and evil. And so what happens is people are born into this life. You're born into sin. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy you, and he starts when you're a kid. I don't have to teach my children to, to be nice. It's actually kind of frustrating sometimes. I have to teach my kids to share, right? I don't have to teach them to steal crayons. I have to teach them to share. I have to teach them not to hit. I have to teach them to do the right things. And then there comes a day that they have to begin. I dedicate them as a child. And then there comes a day when they're held accountable for their own life. And they have to choose God. And when they choose God, that curse of sin and death will be broken off of them. Right now, they're under my covering as the man of the house. But there's going to come a day when they will have to choose. So people have to choose. Now, when you're under this curse, you don't even realize you're under it. And you, you think you, you have free will, but the problem is you don't really have control because the devil has control of you. That's why the Bible says that the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so what a yoke is, is, is it's the thing that holds two oxen together. It's that wooden plank that goes over their head. And Jesus came so that he could destroy the yoke of bondage that's, bondage that's on people's neck. And so you, when people don't have Jesus, you're bound to your bad choices. You, you don't want to do those things. But I remember I used to curse like a sailor all the time. I use, I use curse words in sentences because I thought they like made the sentence sound better. Like salt on, on some food. And so I would use curses all the time, and I remember the day that God convicted me because I'm around kids, and I don't care. I'm just curt. Like, I didn't have, I was rude. I was like that teenage boy that everybody didn't want near their kids. So, <laughs> for real. And I remember God convicting me, but I was like, God, I could try all day, but I can't do this in my own strength. That stuff, if you've ever been somebody that was in that, like you curse all the time. You can't stop. As much as you try to stop, you're going to slip. And you need, there's things that you need God to come and deliver you out of. Like you can't take pills to get rid of depression. That's a, a natural thing that you're putting in your body to get rid of a spirit. Doesn't even make sense. You need the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God to touch you and set you free. Because you don't realize it, but you are bound. You're captivated by an enemy. You're, you have a yoke on your neck. And God wants people to be set free. And people say, well, if God's real, why do these people have these things? Why doesn't he just come down in his sovereignty and he just deal with it all? Because God, in his sovereignty made an order of things. And he said, I'm going to put people on the earth and I'm going to give them authority and power. And if they'll go into all the world and they'll preach the good news, then my anointing will break the yoke off of people's back and they will be saved. Amen. 
That's how God does it. He's not coming to do it another way. He wants to use you and he wants to use me. That's why if we don't go, people don't hear. Let's look at that. Hallelujah. I feel good. What I love about this message is I'm getting stirred up to go win the loss just like you. I hope you are anyways. <laughs> Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? We just expect people to know. Maybe all they've heard about, even if they know of Jesus, that's all they do is know of him. Yeah. It's time we stop telling people about Jesus and we introduce them yeah. to him. Amen. That's the difference between fake bait and real bait. I don't want to give you an idea. No shame on any other religion, but I grew up going to CCD. For most of my life, I, I, I was... I took my communion, I went to do my confirmation, and then I got saved. But through that whole time, every year they teach you the same info. It's all information, information, information. Every year it's the same information, different color book. Same information, different color book. Doesn't matter what grade you're in. And I would have to go to school, and then I would go to school after school. And then I'd go to karate. So information never helped me. Amen? How many would say that knowing about Jesus has helped you? No, it doesn't help you. When you meet him and he comes into your life and that power comes upon you and breaks off the yoke, then you know. Then you're saved. Then you're free. And it doesn't mean you're never going to struggle with everything again, but now you know the source of freedom. Right? Like that, you think the devil's going to give up on you. No, he's going to try. Until he gets the point. Every time he comes to you, you take him and put him under your feet and you step on his head. He, he starts to get a little upset. And then he, he thinks that like increasing it. Is no, because we reverse everything you do, enemy. And then when he comes and attacks, you're better off afterwards. If you, if you serve God, that's how it works. If you press through to the end, you have the victory, and it's better off in the end. Just don't, just don't fall off faith. Amen? And so then it says, how, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Hallelujah. And then this is the sending. This is the great commission. One of them. There's one that says, go into all the world, make disciples of many nations. But I want to read this one from Mark 16, 15. It says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs, hallelujah, will accompany those who believe. 
They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. Here God calls us and says, go into all the world. Not sit where you are and trust that God's just going to do the work in people's lives. Not stay at your jobs and just be silent and just live and just go about your day because that's more comfortable. Not sit back and watch everybody else do it. God said, go into all the world and preach the good news. Cast out devils in my name. Hallelujah. That's fun to me. Thank you, Jesus. And what does it say? It says, when you, when you tell them about me, when you preach my word, I will back it up with signs and wonders following. Amen. That's why the power is in the gospel. Because when you preach the word of God, you can't fail. I'm telling you, I've had people that when I approach them, they're like, no, don't talk to me about Jesus. I hate him. And then I'm like, listen, man, God loves you, you know? And I just start walking with them because they're like walking fast. And they start, you literally watch their heart begin to break down by the word of God and the love of God. Now, if you come fake and you're just reciting a script with no compassion in your heart for people, no love for people whatsoever, they, they, don't, they don't get saved. And if they pray the prayer, it's not real. You may get one here or there, but it it's when you have real, real compassion and love for people in your heart. Amen. Amen? And this changes the game. This changes everything. I remember when I was, many years I served God. I was following him. I was getting my life together. He was taking sins out of my life that didn't belong as I would feel him point them out in me. I wanted to get rid of them. And I was working on myself and working on myself. I would have encounters with God. I'd see visions. I'd have dreams. All this stuff seemed right, but there was one thing that was missing in my life. And this one thing, when I discovered it, changed everything in my walk with God. Because this is his heart. Can you help me out? So too, S. This is God's heart. And so what happened was one year, Pastor Nick was like, hey, uh, Dr. Rodney and his church are going to Washington, D.C., and they're going to go do a, a gospel soul-winning crusade, celebrate America. It's going to be awesome. Do you want to come? And I'm thinking, heck yeah. I'm going to go receive from Jesus. I'm going to go sit in these meetings like I've been doing all along. And I'm going to get stuff from God. I'm going to feel his power. He's going to shake me up, right? And we get there, and before there was ever a meeting, I remember sitting in a room like this, and somebody gets up, and they're like, all right, guys, so in about 10 minutes, we're going to go out onto the streets, and we're going to tell people about Jesus. And I was like, what? <laughs> me? And it was scary. I remember sitting there like, God, what do I do? What do I say? I don't know what to do. But I experienced him. 
I knew his goodness on the inside of me. I knew that he did something in me. And that's all I needed to go out and catch fish. I just needed a few scriptures that I knew in my heart. I just needed a few, a few scriptures, but I had experience with Jesus Christ. And it lined up with the word. And so we went out. I remember the first day we went out, me and Pastor Nick together, we went out for two hours in the bus compound. And in two hours, me and Pastor Nick led 74 people to the Lord in two hours. 74 people were going to hell. What? There should be more celebration about somebody that's saved than somebody that got healed. Think about it. Their eternal destination has changed. What? God, you mean to tell me that you want to use me to go tell people about you, and when I tell them about you, there'll be power? And of all places, I get on the bus compound. The bus compound? The guy's like, yeah, it's easy. All you got to do is jump on the bus, ask the bus driver if you can have 30 seconds because they want to leave immediately to preach the gospel. And I'm like, you want me to ask the bus driver if I can preach the gospel to his bus? This is scary. This was scary. I'm telling you, I was nervous. But as soon as I stepped in the bus and I started to ask if I could preach the gospel, this confidence came upon me. The power of the, of the Holy Ghost came upon me. And as I began to tell them, and it was real. If it's real, you don't have to worry. If you get up there and be fake, everyone's going to laugh at you, mock you, kicked off the bus. I was like, no, bus driver, you don't understand. These people need God. You need God. Listen to me. Give me 30 seconds, please. Don't move. Don't leave. They're like, if you're not done in 30 seconds, I'm driving off with you. I'm like, that's cool. Just chill. And so then I said, listen up. I want to tell you that God loves every single person on this bus. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If you were to die today, do you know that you would spend eternity with Jesus? Crying already. And I said, you can know. Many have sinned. Everybody falls short of the standard of God. The wages of our sin is death. But the free gift of God, it's free, is eternal life. Your bus fare costs more than this. You know, you just let the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when people laugh, it breaks off the awkward. Because people think that Jesus is weird. He's not weird. You just came, you just encountered a weird Christian. That's called fake bait. Jesus is not weird. He sets you free. And people want to be free. And so I said, if you want to give your life to Jesus right now, just lift your hand. Tears all over the bus. 17 people on the first bus. And I think there were 17 people on the bus. Lift their hand up. Yes. All right, say this with me. I believe. That Jesus Christ, no microphone. Jesus didn't have a microphone. You think Jesus was walking around? Hey, uh, make sure you have these subwoofers. Make sure. No, Jesus got on a boat. You know why Jesus got on a boat to preach? Because the, the projection of his voice over the water would echo. And he would preach to multitudes. They'd preach on mountains and 
17 people on the first bus. I looked at Nick and I said, this ain't scary at all. This is epic. Because it was real. And what's crazy is if it's real to you and you say it and it's real to them, then the realness of them receiving it comes back to you. I don't know how to explain it any other way. But this power that I never experienced in God in all of the encounters and all of him setting me free, there's nothing like the power coming through you into somebody else. Nothing like it. And I'm telling you, it doesn't happen unless you preach the gospel. It doesn't happen unless you open your mouth and tell people the good news. But it's powerful. Instead of asking God, God, can you please heal them? You begin to learn. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now it's, this is where the relationship comes in. It's not always cut and dry. Say this, say this, say this. Even though we have a script, if you, if you need to follow a script while it helps you, it's not about that. It's about you following the Holy Ghost. On the script is the gospel, so there's power behind it. But then God gives you words of knowledge. He begins to do miracles. You, you, you like go on this little time variant. You know what I'm saying, Loki fans? And then, and then you deal with this area here in certain people. Then you come back and you deal with this area here. And God begins to move through you. And it's powerful. When God touches somebody through you, think about this. He had to touch you first. Whatever comes through me into you had to come through me. So you begin to feel the power of God all the time. And it's not even about the feeling. If there was no feeling the truth says to do it, we're going to do it. We're going to obey. Because God said, this isn't called the great suggestion. This is called the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the good news. Yes, sir. Come on, baby. And when you obey and you go and you do what God tells you to do, he backs you up. Every single time. I remember we had a kid. He, he must have been like 13 years old at the time. We went out to preach the gospel. He lays his hands on a drug addict. He prays for her. She gives her life to the Lord. She shakes under the power of God. She messaged our ministry a few days later, and she said, there was a young boy that came to my house. He prayed for me. My addiction is totally gone, and I haven't had any withdrawals. Praise God. 12-year-old. We've gone out with the youth. We've seen 50 people saved in two hours, 30 here, 100 here. I remember one time I went to a house, and, and this we respect people's religion. And for people that are thinking, like, you know, sometimes when you're preaching, you can hear people's thoughts. It happened all the time to Jesus, but I swear. Like, some people will think, well, why do you share your faith with everybody? Like, don't push your faith on people. Do you know it's against our faith to not share our faith? Yeah. It's actually against what you believe to not tell people what you believe. Amen. And I knocked on this door, and there was a lady, full burqa. She comes to the door, and I respect everybody's religion. But if you just talk to people with the heart of God, it changes things. Because there's no other God in heaven and earth by which man can be saved. There's no name. But it is the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus that every knee has to bow. And every tongue has to confess that he's Lord. Every knee. 
on earth, under the earth, in heaven. And so when I got to this house, there's this Muslim lady, and her daughter comes up behind her. And I began to tell her about Jesus. I began to preach the gospel to her. And the mom was very traditional in her religion. And so if you know anything about that religion, it's very dangerous as a child to let your parents know that you believe in Jesus Christ. It, it's just bad. I remember we were in Trinidad. I'll get back to this story. Hang on. I just thought of this. We were in Trinidad, and in Trinidad, we took, a, we took Blade, Mikey, Siobhan, Robert, me. I say me because I didn't take us. Nick took us. Nick took us to Trinidad, and we led 400 kids and people to the Lord in one week. They led us. They gave us favor in the school systems. We went into schools where there were a third Hindu, a third Muslim, and a third Christian. And everybody was invited to come to the assembly. And 400 kids gave their life to the Lord that week. And I remember this Muslim girl comes up to me and she's crying her eyes out. And she said, I gave my heart to Jesus. I gave my heart to Jesus. I gave my heart to Jesus. She's like, you don't understand what this means for me and my family, but I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'll never forget that. Because that lady's going to have to deal, that girl's going to have to deal with her parents. So when somebody so radically gives their heart to Jesus, you know it's real. They're willing to take punishment. And sometimes in America, we miss it because there, there's no punishment. Like, you, it's just whatever. In other countries where things are hard, they rely on God so much. Do you know there's whole churches in Istanbul and other places. I heard a testimony one time. This guy went, and there's an entire underground church that meets, and they don't, they don't disclose their location. Every single week, it's in a different location, and thousands of people come together, but every believer has to believe for the Holy Spirit to show them where to meet, and they all end up in the same place. Wow. And when this guy showed up, through a long story short, he ended up at a place. He's from America. He went over there because God told him to go. And when he walked in the door, they handed him the mic and they said, Sir, the Lord told us you were coming. Preach. And the guy's like, he found out what happens there and he said, You want me to preach? He's like, I want to hear from you. Because the faith that it takes to live in areas like that is crazy. But we can't. We can't allow ourselves to just sit back and be, and just let life go by without stepping into what God has for us because everybody else has done it. Amen? It's time we stand and we go out and we do what God called us to do, and we win the lost. So anyway, the mom didn't want to receive Jesus Christ, but the little girl behind her began to weep, and she said, I believe what you're saying. Can I pray with you? And she moves her mom out of the way. And she comes up to the door and she prays a prayer. She gives her heart to Jesus. Wow. It was powerful. And I've seen time after time, story after story, we go pray for people, people get miracles. Pray for a guy one time in the projects, African-American man, and from the top of his knee all the way to the bottom of his, of his ankle is white like this. And... When I walked in the room and I began to preach the gospel to him, 
I began to show him who Jesus was. God began to give us words of knowledge about his wife. And as we told, as we told her what God wanted to do with her and everything, he starts crying. Like the manliest people start crying when God's in the room. It's epic. And so here this guy is. He's sitting on the couch. He's very like morbidly obese. And I, I put my hand on his leg and I said, sir, God's going to heal you. And I had seen miracles up until this point, but never like this. And I said, God, this is going to be great, but I need you to do something. Because I just told him you were going to heal him. I, I wasn't like, oh, well, let's pray and see. See, this is where faith, this is where faith causes you to make bold prayers. An easy prayer would have been, well, let's pray. God will, God will heal you. And then you pray and nothing happens, and you're like, well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe. You know what? When you wake up, you'll start seeing it'll just. But no, I was like, God's going to heal you right now. And then I felt the boldness of God come on me. I put my hand on him. He, we close our eyes, and I say, you know what, sir? As a matter of fact, keep your eyes open. I want you to watch what God's about to do. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the blood to flow into his leg now. And as I said that, the color of his skin began to pass my hand, and it went all the way down to the ankle. He begins to shake, and God begins to move. The whole family gets saved. And he said he feels blood flow in his leg for the first time in years. And if I didn't... If we didn't go, imagine if we didn't go. Because that, that's in the natural, but the reason why God touches the natural is because that's proof to you that he sees you, that he loves you, that he cares about you, and then when he proves it to you that way, you have the faith to believe him that you can have eternal life. It, it's all for salvation. God wants you to spend eternity with him. And the, that's what the miracles are designed for. Miracles happen and then people believe. And that's what's getting ready to break out through you, through your hands and through your feet. But this cannot be taught. You can't, you can't come here and just listen to these things and then all of a sudden, boom, you go about it. You have to catch it. You have to catch the hunger. You have to catch the compassion and the desire on the inside of you to not stand for people going to hell. I can't stand to see people sick when I carry on the inside of me what they need. I can't. I can't let you go by and not pray. If I hear somebody talk about a sickness, I can't let it slide. I can't. And if they walk out, I'm coming back like, I have to pray. I'll go find you. And God moves when you step out in boldness and in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone in this place, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray right now that you would begin to do a work in their heart, begin to stir up a hunger, stir up a compassion, stir up a desire on the inside of them to begin to fish for people, to tie their life and their calling, their purpose into the purpose of heaven. Lord, the Holy Spirit is our paraclete. When he comes and fills us on the inside, we go hand in hand with him into the world. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're not looking at people who are doubters, but we're looking at people of faith. 
I thank you, Lord, that every person in here will cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. They'll lay their hands on people who have diseases, and they will run away in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father, that many will be saved through them. Jesus, we love you so much that we want to bring you the reward of your suffering. Everything that you died for, every soul that you died for, God, we want to bring the, the, the thing you paid for on the cross, Jesus, we want to bring that to people, the good news. And some of us in here, we've run after things in our life. We've run after accolades. We've run after degrees. We've run after cars and houses and money. We've run after things. And although the, those things are nice, when you die, you don't bring any of those to heaven. You don't bring one of those things to heaven. There's only one thing you take to heaven with you, and that's people. Every soul that you win for the Lord goes with you to heaven. Hallelujah. It's registered to your account. God keeps track. God knows. And if we get hungry in this place to go win the lost at any cost, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God will begin to flow through every one of us. Every yielded vessel, those that would just say yes to God. You don't have to know all the answers right now. You might be afraid. I remember when I first went with Pastor Nick, I was so afraid to preach the gospel. I was like, I'm going to practice in this sauna because we were in a sauna at the gym. And when I was in that sauna, there was a man in there, and I was like, God, I'm scared, but I'm just going to do it. And I said, sir, has anybody ever told you that Jesus loves you and he has a good plan for your life? And the guy responded in another language. <laughs> and it got really, really weird really fast. <laughs> But God broke fear off me in that moment because I was literally like, it couldn't get worse. God, if God's calling you to go, he's equipping you to go. If God's calling you to go into all the world to preach, he's giving you the power to do it. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you, and you got me.